0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the Americas Broadcast Network.com. Thank you for listening.
1: And hello, America. Welcome to another edition of Greg's List Live, the home of serious journalism, only on AmericasWebRadio.com. I'm uh, back in the saddle again, my friends, as they say, after... A- Week visit to the beautiful country of Ecuador in South America. Our our amazing owner here is back from Europe, and we've been trading a little bit of war stories back and forth. It seems cabs in London are uh, fairly aggressive with wanting to take you on the scenic route, and also Uber is back in London, which they've had a ongoing battle with the taxi cab industry over there. And I gotta say, and you know, I I took Uber uh, from the airport back when we landed here. I've never really had a problem with it, but hearing overseas um complaints about it makes me a little leery about taking it over there yeah well you know the one thing i left out about the the black
2: cab that we had taken that was giving us a, a joy ride when i got <laughs> out and, and started talking to the uh, bobby um uh, he said it three different times don't ever take a black cab in london and he said take take a lift or a or an Uber. The, or the the cop he, the cop was saying wow. this, and this is after Uber had lost their license, and they'd gotten it back already. But uh, still, I was surprised that the. In fact, I was, I was going to contact Uber, and I may still. That um, about the the, the Bobby, problem and yeah uh, the Bobby uh, <laughs> saying take uh, take Uber as opposed to taking a black cab. <laughs> they're they're really they're really crooks. And yeah, we, you know, my son, uh, and and this is good advice for everybody. Even even us old folks can figure it out. But my <laughs> my son said, as soon as you get in any cab, or with Uber or anybody else, right, have your telephone on with navigate on,
1: like you know where the hell you're going. Right, because that way they feel like, oh wow, this guy's actually yeah. uh, auditing me. Yeah. <laughs> But that's like well, and that's that's typically unless I know exactly where I'm going, that's exactly what I do. And if you're in you know London, a city that has oh, just you know, in order to get a cab license over there, the reason they were so um, I guess ardent against Uber and Lyft is you actually have to drive for like two or three years to be unleashed on the streets in London. So they have different degrees of cabs over there. They have the black cab and they have like the the one that looks like the, the typical European one, and they're all kind of different varieties. They all serve kind of different parts of the city, but you have to go through an extensive training program and prove a knowledge of the city to be able to yeah. get licensed as a cab driver there. And then and you've cor- got the and then you've got the weekend Uber driver who's like, I don't know where the hell I'm going, mate, but but hop in.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know how to get there? Yeah, it's like no, mate, but it's oh, it's got to be over by the pub. Get some yeah. fish and chips on the way. Every place is by the pub. <laughs> I was about to say they do have a lot of pubs over there. And the last time I was in England, the um, it was right before you know the year two thousand, so the Y two uh, K terrors or scare it wasn't really a terror scare was going on. And um, some of the I, I can look at some of my old pictures, which are not on Facebook. Facebook wasn't out back then, nor Instagram. But my old actual you know Kodaks that you print out and that you had to take to the uh, CVS. Or the Walgreens, or the Eckerd back in my day. Remember Eckerd Pharmacy? Oh, yeah. Sure. yeah. So Eckerd was the uh, photo processing giant back then, and I can see pictures of my trip to Europe, where I was in France, and the Eiffel Tower had a countdown to Year 2000. Uh, Piccadilly Circus in London had the countdown, so I can see exactly when I was 280 days or whatever. I could b- do back out the math and say, oh, I was there in February or March or whatever the, uh, you know, the date was. Um, but I, I remember. Taking cabs there, and this is before the euro. So you, every country you went to, you had to change the money over. The franks and the, uh, the, yeah, yeah, we had francs and lira, and the peseta was in Spanish, and uh, the pound was is still in Britain. They never converted over to the euro, which they're probably kind of happy about. They don't have to prop up Greece, <laughs> for instance. But in Spain, the coins were actually worth. You would get a three or four hundred peseta coin. And I would, you know, I'd always throw a little money to my homeless people. And by the end of a trip down uh, La Rambla's in Barcelona... I did the math. I had given away like 12 bucks because I, I didn't realize these huh. coins were like three dollar coins because, you know, the people were like, thank you, gracias, gracias. And I was like, man, that guy's really happy about a nickel. Yeah. Well, turns out the nickel's worth about $1. eighty, Greg. But, uh, yeah, so I learned quickly to go ahead and change the money and try to do it in bills. So in that, uh, I guess, instance, it is better for them to be on the You could go get him a whole bottle of Joe, huh? I was about to say, you know, they do make a lot of wine in Barcelona, so you can get local grapes and local products. Speaking of local, Dave, we've got local elections going on today. I know you're Sandy Springs, I'm in Tucker, which we do not have anything to vote on. Although you do, actually. If you went to vote today, Dave, you would be able to vote for Fulton County Commission Chair. There are two people that are in the runoff for that. If you're in Roswell, you have several elections. Johns Creek, you have a city council. But Gabriel Ma- will make it <laughs> no, he, No, he, he didn't. But he didn't. Uh, it's the Ron Pitts versus Keisha. And today, here's my advice. If you are in the ballot box and you see the name Keisha on your ballot, vote for the other person. So vote for Mary Norwood in Atlanta. She's competent and ethical, unlike her opponent. And then Ron Pitts is uh, probably the better option for Fulton County chair. The other local races, you're really just going to have to do your own homework on those. I haven't been able to get into the minutiae, although I will say John Bradbury will do the best job in Johns Creek. So my Johns Creek folks, get out there, vote for John Bradbury today for city council. He will help preserve y'all's quality of life. Uh, The mayoral race has really turned into you know this fight between Keisha and Mary and the Democrat Party has really gotten involved in this, even though these are supposedly nonpartisan. Um they have spent uh well, what I read was that Keisha's campaign, Keisha Bottoms, the race to the bottoms as I've been referring to her campaign as, uh they transferred three hundred thousand dollars to the Democrat Party of Georgia so they could use uh you know her resources to get out the vote. And Mary Norwood uh, You know, she's ethical and competent, but by no means is she a Republican. So it's curious to see somebody that has a progressive record like Mary be called a conservative or a closet Republican or, you know, all these terms that, uh, you know, the Democrats are throwing at her. It's very – well, it's very interesting. It's like Republican is a scandalous word down in, uh, you know, the city of Atlanta. But, uh, got a lot of big choices, folks. As Atlanta goes, pretty much so goes the state of Georgia. And if you do your homework, you'll realize that the city council and the mayoral elections, those decisions have the most direct impact on your life. Uh, immediately, at, at any rate. This uh, city government doesn't print money. They don't do a whole lot of, uh, social issues. So you don't really get the, uh, the polarizing issues. But they're figuring out if they're going to approve high density ho- housing, for instance. They figure out if they're going to fix the water bill problem. They do the trash. They handle the, uh, the, the local tax base. All goes to the city of Atlanta and they have to pay for all the city services. So you want somebody that's ethical and competent in there. And you can kind of look past what their voting history is. If somebody's ethical and competent, I'm going to vote for them regardless of if there's a D or an R by their name at the local level. And on these nonpartisan races, there won't be. But people are still going to look at somebody's voting history and say, oh, my God, they voted for a Republican 35 years ago. Send her to the pit of misery, you know. You know, uh,
2: last year when we got in, we had a little water problem, and we – even though we live in Sandy Springs, it's the Atlanta water system. And I, I've got to give them kudos. They were... Uh, we contacted them... The Sandy Springs? Or was our, it Atlanta? I'm sorry, no, I missed that. I, I live in Sandy Springs, but our I guess all of Sandy Springs water comes from Atlanta. Um, anyway, the Atlanta water system. So yep. we came back and we had, uh, had a flooded front yard and my main line had had busted uh, between the the meter and the house so you had like a and, swamp uh, in the front yard uh, we basically. had yes we, you, we did you we, have the oaky finoki
1: part two uh, no <laughs>
2: you could water ski actually <laughs> um but anyway so we knew that we were going to get and it was a couple of thousand dollar water bill good night. we had uh we had contacted him and yep. said you know
4: explain and, and to we, him yeah and the lady
2: was extremely nice yeah. And she said, you know, you call me and we'll work through all of this. And um, so we had immediately called and spent 2000 getting a new line put in from the meter to the house and all the stuff that you go through. And she said because, you know, we jumped on it like flies on honey <laughs> and then messed around and, and been out of town for three weeks and, you know, it just happened. But they uh, they wound up, I think we paid... The bill was just under a couple of grand, and we wound up paying like two or three hundred over what we normally paid, Um, and
1: uh, they were just very, very nice about it. And yep, uh, that's great. I mean, that's like a positive customer service story. And uh, for all the, you know, the Cab County Water System where I live, and have been there since what '03, I guess they, for as maligned as they are. If you ever get through to their customer service, they're pretty nice. And I've actually learned that uh, they really respond to email. So once you get them on email, they're very responsive and very nice. So I think, you know, a lot of times these uh, municipal employees, they get a bad rap, but it's frankly because they're overworked. You know, these counties spend money on projects that they shouldn't, like the Atlanta streetcar. Spent a hundred million dollars. A lot of that was oh, from where, a federal grant. It's the way. it's well, right now it's it's the bus that can't go backwards, and it's probably driving around its two point seven mile you know perimeter down near Georgia State. Uh, it's run hundred million. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. They're going to keep running it as long as the federal grant money stays around. It's <laughs> which I believe they had a hundred million dollars of, and that's what I'm let's get back to my talking about the ethics and local government folks while your local officials cannot print money while they really can't advocate too much for they're not going to be pro-life or pro-choice or they they may personally be but they're not going to be making federal policy at the local level they will be spending federal dollars your tax dollars on whatever projects they deem uh, necessary or um, in some cases maybe just adventuresome in their localities and they're also are going to be doling out contracts which we've seen uh, Kasim Reed dole out uh, contracts to friends and family and uh, it hasn't worked out so well for City of Atlanta taxpayers but that's the danger is they do get their hands on a lot of federal money and if you can't trust them uh, before they're the mayor then you sure as hell ain't going to be able to trust them after. So um, you know, the, the Keisha Bottoms campaign should come with huge flashing warning signals avoid, avoid And you should vote for the competent, ethical person, Mary Norwood, who will at least stand up as somebody that will support good stewardship of your taxpayer dollars. So that's my personal note on it. I uh, hadn't been too outspoken about it. I didn't want Mary to be accused of being a Republican and getting support from such a uh, – I guess – conservatarian like i am we wouldn't want to get anybody in trouble and muddy the waters but uh six hours scant six hours before the polls close i don't think i'll be able to do any harm to her campaign at this point i can do more good than harm but uh so we've got um our uh, friend the mayor of alpharetta david bell isle on the other line Dave, do you want to take our break first are we close enough to do that and then get the segment started so yes yeah, David Bell Isle is running for Secretary of State. He's been the mayor of Alpharetta for a couple of terms and uh, really excited to hear him talk about his vision. The Secretary of State, that role has gotten more and more important over the years, especially with the Democrats always wanting to register people that frankly aren't eligible to vote. And in Georgia, we also have a pretty big problem with our voting machines. Right now, you don't really have a real paper trail audit capability, which is a problem. And uh, I think that's something that both parties agree needs to be solved so we'll be back with mayor david Bellisle on the other side of the break you are listening to greg's list
3: 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation passport transport the first and finest today that's why passport transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers concours museums tours and collectors and should be your choice from across the state to across the country When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport.
5: This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2.
3: Bogside Publishing. For over 38 years... This family-owned New Hampshire business has manufactured the most durable, rain-resistant, and most affordable made-in-the-USA field books for the land surveying and engineering industry. And Bogside Publishing is still doing it today. Demand Bogside field books from your supplier or go to BogsidePublishing.com for a list of exclusive Bogside dealers.
1: And welcome back to Greg's Live, the home of serious journalism, only on America's Web Radio.com. It's runoff election day in the state of Georgia. So if you're in Fulton County or a municipality around the state, you very likely have a runoff election to vote, uh, in. So make sure you get out to the polls. Turnout for these things is really low, especially in smaller cities. And the, the, uh, mayoral turnout in the city of Atlanta actually had 30% turnout, uh, in november which is pretty high so we'll see what happens as far as the final numbers get in speaking of mayors right now we wanted to welcome our friend david bell isle a fellow university of georgia bulldog like i am the current mayor of alpharetta and a candidate for georgia's secretary of state wanted to welcome him to the show and uh give him a big hearty greg's list hello hey david how are you man
6: Doing well, Greg. Thank you for having me on.
1: Very excited to have you on. I mean, I, I'm almost as excited as I was at 7 p.m. Saturday night. I uh, got to tell you,
6: <laughs> I don't think it should be even close. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Okay. Night.
1: You, you caught me. This is serious journalism, and let's be real. Yeah, SEC I championship. I
6: haven't gotten a horse in a, in a bulldog game in a while, and, <laughs> and so that was, was we, were, we were downtown Alpharetta watching it on a big screen with everybody, and I was. Uh, not really showing uh, mayoral decorum. And <laughs> shouting pretty
1: hard. Well, I think that's probably why people like uh, like you because you can actually act like a regular person instead of always having to have the pomp and circumstance, right? <laughs> that's well, anyway, so uh, so how's the uh, how's the city of Alpharetta going? I know it's booming up there, and I know you're running for Secretary of State, and uh, you also have a law practice, so lots going on in, in your life. Uh, just uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, your experience, and uh, why you're running yeah. for, for Secretary of State.
6: Well, absolutely. Uh, you know, the city of Alpharetta is, is just going amazingly. And uh, so we have, in, in the past uh, six years, almost seven now, we have reinvented. Uh, downtown Alpharetta. For those who know Alpharetta, know there's been a lot of changes, really just trying to bring that connection point, that identity with our city. And that's the whole reason I ever got in politics, because I felt like I could do something about that. It's been really rewarding to see the changes in downtown Alpharetta. Uh, we've also uh, created an environment that has allowed uh, Avalon to, to come forward and be the success that it has. Uh, and so that, that's been really exciting to see. We're actually doing a belt line of our own that's connecting downtown Avalon to Hainesbridge and back in what we call our Alpha Loop. <laughs> uh, and so that is under construction and, and underway as well. And then really from a, uh, from a leadership standpoint, what I've really enjoyed is, is really just kind of growing our technology industry here in Alpharetta. Um, six years ago, we were known as a corporate uh, environment, a corporate uh, headquartered kind of town. But uh, what we did in the meantime was really grasp our strength, which is technology, and we've grown our technology companies now to over 640 technology companies in our city limits, and we've added in this past six years over 12,000 technology jobs alone, uh, really making us a technology city of the south. So it's been it's been a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Now, Alpharetta is one of those cities that actually has a bigger daytime population than at night. Correct.
6: It is, in fact. So when <laughs> when, uh, when we put our heads down on the pillows last night, we were about 65,000 people. Uh, Right now, as I talk to you in the middle of the day, uh, we're up up around 130,000 people. Uh, There's over 100,000 jobs inside the city limits of Alpharetta.
1: Yeah and that really you know when you look at how that can support local business um you know building up the downtown like you've seen over there in the past you know decade uh you have a lot of locally owned businesses i was at a north metro young republicans meeting uh last month it's uh, december now i was going to say earlier this month but no it was actually last <laughs> month and um you know it's uh i can't think of the name of it right the same as is barbecue place is very good and you know locally owned and locally operated and probably had 20 to 30 jobs there. Were you at Smoke Jack? Yes, that's it. That was it. See, you you know your own city. Very good. Uh, but that's been a, a critical part of the development, and in this in in Atlanta we have a lot of edge cities. Alpharetta is one of them, uh, Marietta is one of them. Uh, Duluth used to be, uh, it probably still is. And you've seen in Roswell certainly, where you've seen they the folks that live there they don't really care about going down to Buckhead anymore. They don't care about going down to downtown Atlanta. They've built their own Woodstock is a very good example. Of which we, was, when I was going in high school, Woodstock was nothing, and now their downtown is is but is, is bustling just like we've seen in roswell and alpharetta and um you know a lot of other cities and uh it you know why do you think that's happened david Is people just not they want to have their own localities to hang out in or they just don't want to deal with atlanta traffic i think it's kind of an interesting dynamic we've seen
6: i know know for me as i mentioned you know downtown is what drew me to to jump into politics in the first place and i felt like from from alpharetta's point of view we had everything going for us except that identity if you were i would tell people i say look If you were going to make a postcard of Alpharetta, what would you put on it? (laughs) And before we had a downtown and before Avalon, there really wasn't anything to put on it. And so my fear was that we would get kind of blown away or brushed away in the sprawl, and we'd be a great town with good schools and good amenities and low crime, but we really needed that connection because here's the fact is that 97% of the people living in Alpharetta grew up somewhere other than Alpharetta. Mm. And so you have to create a city that's so irresistible, that people that didn't grow up in it (laughs) consider it home.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what we've seen a lot, right? We've seen a lot of folks move to Georgia because of the good work environment, because of the low tax uh, and a lot of opportunity here. We've seen a lot of folks, especially from the Northeast, move here. And it has changed the, uh, the character of the city somewhat. And maybe it has contributed to that uh, dynamic where they want to have that small town feel, even though, you know, Alpharetta is probably, what, only 28 miles north of, of downtown Atlanta?
6: It's a little less than that, but yeah, it is. It's, it's a bit of hype.
1: <laughs> yep. So for uh, so city of Alpharetta, been doing that going into your second term, your seventh year. Now you're running for Secretary of State, which is a constitutional office in the state of Georgia. Uh, what, uh, what what's uh, spawned that decision?
6: Well, you know the things that I've really enjoyed most. So the, a mayor's job is really two parts. So according to our charter, I'm the CEO of the city. In charge of the day-to-day operations, everything from public safety, safety to zoning to parks and rec. Uh, but there's also the things. So those are the obligations. But then there's this opportunity and obligation just to lead. And really, the things I'm most proud of, whether it be our technology incubator, whether it be creating uh, our Tech Alpharetta, which is the state's first technology convention, based on it's comprised of uh, technology CEOs, CFOs, CTOs. Uh, Those are the kinds of organizations that have helped us land a technical college, bring a conference center to our city, uh, and really just create a a lot of opportunity in Alpharetta. And where I see the Secretary of State's office is we all know that the most important thing Secretary of State's office does is elections, and I'm sure we'll get an opportunity to talk about that in a moment. But what drew me to this race was the opportunity to lead from that office and really pull our cornerstone industries in Georgia that being agriculture, technology, uh, logistics, and film, and to be able to use the same kind of leadership with our technology commission that we did in Alpharetta, applying that to the state and creating opportunities all across the state of Georgia, not simply in one metro area,
1: right? Because here in the state of Georgia, Secretary of State, and it's very similar in other states, is got a mandate to cover two, um, basically business licensing, um, uh, setting up the corporations, and then also yeah, the
6: elections, corporations, licensing, and securities are the primary functions. Uh, there are some other <coughs> smaller functions as well, uh, and it touches every single business uh, in the state. And so uh, it's an important role, uh, but I also think there's an opportunity to, to really help the state in terms of jobs and opportunity.
1: Yeah, it's gotten a much higher profile over the years, especially if you remember the election back with the Bush versus Gore when the Secretary of State, um, you know, kind of, it was a Republican at the time, and there was a lot of controversy about it. Secretaries of State now, uh, a lot of them want to implement photo ID. God forbid you actually have to show and prove who you are when you get to vote to raise taxes on your fellow Americans. But uh, why is that such a controversy, David? I mean, here in Georgia, I think we actually have pretty good laws that protect the Integrity of the of the voter rolls, but why why is that a controversy?
6: Well, I may not be the best person to ask to answer the controversy side of it. I'm a big believer in photo ID, and I don't think we've gone far enough in Georgia, to be honest. Right now, if you vote in in, uh, in person, whether you do early voting or vote on election day like today, uh, you have to show your voter ID, uh, photo ID, which is important. Uh, but if you decide to vote absentee, uh, you don't need a photo ID. You mm-hmm. can simply just fill out a form. Uh, and uh, you know, you put your address on there, but you don't actually have to prove who you are. And I think that's a gaping hole in our election security. As to why that's controversial, I guess, I guess no one's made the case to me yet. I I don't know why that's controversial. (laughs)
1: Fair enough. I don't understand the controversy either. I just know it exists, right? It's kind of like. It does exist.
6: I I can confirm it exists.
1: Yeah. So, with the. uh, Yeah. And and as we've seen the move to early voting, at first, Democrats kind of were the main ones that were early voting, but it really has shifted. So, Republicans now really are at least neck and neck with Democrats in that. And it has changed the whole uh, election cycle because early voting will start three or four weeks before the actual election date. And it's really had to move up the timetable. So, you know, what kind of challenges, you know, obviously it costs more money to do that. But um, I guess the integrity of of the voter rolls, that's something that really needs to be addressed, because if you're going to have 50 percent of the vote already cast before Election Day, that is ample opportunity for uh, malfeasance.
6: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, uh, you know, that's not the biggest hole (laughs) that I think needs to be shored up. Uh, real quick, since you mentioned early voting, I, I will say that, that my personal preference would be to have less early vote, a, 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 a smaller early voting window. I think that uh, it's easier to keep it secure if you have a shorter window. I also think that it's less expensive for the cities and counties. Yeah. Knowing what our bill is, for sure charged by Fulton County uh, three weeks to fully staff an early voting office is a long time.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And, I mean, you know, you've got the polls open today in Alpharetta. Everybody in Fulton County has something to vote for today. So.
6: That's right. That's right. Um, but in terms of the uh, so the, the two biggest holes, I think that, that we got, to, in addition to, you know, continuing to keep up with cybersecurity issues, but the two biggest holes, and one I already mentioned, which is a photo ID for the uh, absentee ballot, the other biggest one is that So in, in 2010, uh, the state legislature approved a Proof of Citizenship Act, which requires someone to prove they are a U.S. citizen in order to be added to the voter registration rolls. Uh, it's now 2017, and it has yet to be implemented. And so if you actually go to register to vote in Box 5, you have three options. The first one uh, is to put your uh, your driver's license number. Uh, If you don't have a driver's license number, then you can go to the next box and put your social security number. If you don't have a social security number, you just check the box on the far end of that that box 5, which says I have no driver's license and I have no social security number, and you will be added to the voter registration rolls. So until we implement the Proof of Citizenship Act, it's not entirely difficult to register to vote. And then if you combine that with the absentee ballot, you don't actually have to present a photo ID uh, to vote once you're on the rolls.
1: Wow. So that certainly does sound like quite Not that whole... we're trying
6: to put a how-to out there, but... <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was about to say, it's almost like uh, go to the Internet and you can find out all sorts of crazy stuff. Or just listen to Greg's List and we, uh, you know, we can make sure we... Uh, well, we'll put the... Uh, the kibosh down on anybody that wants to engage in voter fraud. I think in fact I'll have a couple questions on that. We're probably going to go ahead and take our break here. Uh, We're talking with Mayor David Isle of Alpharetta and candidate for Secretary of State which uh, as we talked about has a couple of uh, uh, of mandates as far as what they're covering. We'll be talking about some of the business licensing on the other side and um, I also wanted to talk about voting machines which have really gotten a lot of I guess headline lines here in Georgia for their antiquity and we also have the you know the the Russian hacking and a bunch of uh, um, I guess noise that uh, I think we can probably clear up if we do update our voting machines but of course that costs money so it's always something that uh, it's the trade-off between do we want to upgrade technology it does cost money we need to invest in that as people I so firmly believe that we should have a paper trail audit but we'll talk about those topics and a couple more on the other side of the break you are listening to Greg's List.
3: Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Bogside Publishing. For over 38 years, this family-owned New Hampshire business has manufactured the most durable, rain-resistant, and most affordable made-in-the-USA field books for the land surveying and engineering industry. And Bogside Publishing is still doing it today. Demand Bogside Field Books from your supplier or go to BogsidePublishing.com for a list of exclusive Bogside dealers.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: And welcome back to Greg's this Live, the home of serious journalism, only on dot com. wanted to remind you all, again, if you're in Fulton County or City of Atlanta, go ahead and get out to the polls today and, and make your voice heard. If you have a participation rate of 10%, you're technically voting for nine other people when you cast your ballot. That is a lot of power to wield, folks. So get out there and uh, realize that a lot of these local elections, the decisions made, are going to have the most profound day-to-day impact on your life. Uh, And it's very important that you get out and uh, exercise your civic duty. We are on the other line right now chatting with Alpharetta Mayor David Isle, who's a candidate for Secretary of State and a Georgia Bulldog, a victorious SEC championship Georgia Bulldog. (laughs) I need to throw in my homerism to that. Uh, We've been talking about the Secretary of State, that role, uh, the different uh, missives that it has, so to speak. Um, Voting machines have really gotten a lot of news. Lately, If you remember about this time last year, there was actually a presidential recount going on as the Hillary Clinton people refused to admit defeat, Uh, and they were going back and counting paper ballots. Ironically, uh, Donald Trump actually ended up picking up a lot of votes in Michigan and Wisconsin. Right now in Georgia, we have electronic voting machines here, but we don't really have a paper audit trail, and that is something that has really caused consternation among both parties. It has bipartisan consternation. I don't know if those words have ever been used in unison, but you've heard it here for the first time. David, I know I've heard you speaking about this topic before, but uh, is that a concern of yours as well?
6: It is, and, and uh, you know, sometimes when people say paper ballot, uh, the first picture that comes to your mind, and I'm hoping that that Democrats aren't supporting this particular plan, would be to go back to the old. You know, paper ballots where you fill in the circles and hanging chads yeah. and all that kind of stuff that we're <laughs> familiar with. Uh, the system that I want to bring about and would be advocating is essentially you would walk up uh, when you go to vote, present your ID, and they would give you an 8.5 by 11 piece of cardstock with a barcode at the bottom based on your voter registration. You then go to the machine just like you would today and you submit that card, it would take it in, read the barcode and it would present an electronic copy of your ballot and you would vote just like you do now. And then when you hit Cast Ballot, it would actually print your selection onto that card, and then it would push it out to you. You'd be able to visually verify that the card reads just as you intended to vote. Then you would go to a second machine to turn it in, and that second machine would scan the physical card, which would make a second and distinct electric co- electronic copy And they would also store the paper copy. And so now you've got redundancy. You've got Mm -hmm. two electronic copies and a hard copy uh, that creates an opportunity for any type of audits someone would want to do to make sure. You would have to hack two electronic systems and change the physical vote to successfully change an election. And while nothing is impossible, uh, that's the type of integrity we need going forward.
1: Absolutely. That would be very, very difficult. Even the Russians couldn't live up to that challenge, <laughs> I don't think. So right now, that um, you know, that's kind of a big issue. I think uh, from what I've heard from some of the other candidates, that's on their radar as well. Um, it, it, it's going to cost money, um, and you have to ask the, the state of Georgia for the money. What is your estimate on the cost?
6: Well, two things, uh, Let me just point out, because because um, what you pointed out was, was something that's really systematic across the entire Secretary of State's office. The Secretary of State, while it's a big title, while it's mentioned in the state constitution, it is a hat-in-hand position, which means it has no power, <laughs> no resources, no authority. <laughs> and so to get anything done, you're going to have to be a leader. You're going to have to be able to to interact not only with the state house and state senate you're also going to have to have a good relationship with the governor anything that you want to do that uh, is of significance you're going to have to be able to bring private and public partners and leaders together and that's what we've been doing here in alpharetta and that's why alpharetta has been so successful the mayor the dirty secret is is that a mayor has actually no authority and can't even pass a budget unless three other folks go along with him uh, as to the cost of the machines, the machines are we think will cost around 110 is the number I've heard 110 million to 120 million. What I would do is what we do a lot of times in city budgets for two reasons: one, it's easier to stomach for the legislature, uh, and two, it allows the secretary of state to slow roll it out to implement it and train over a course of elections rather than all at once. And so I recommend doing it in three fiscal years, dividing it in thirds, starting with those counties who do the best job of managing their county elections mm-hmm. and then being able to train and get all the bugs out by the time you get to that last third, the ones that kind of struggle uh, with their elections. Uh, you're, you're well suited for the
1: task Now with that, I mean I don't want to assume things But the bigger the county Typically the the more problems they have I mean in DeKalb we get maligned a little bit But I'll tell you We, we show up a little earlier than Fulton Most times on the Secretary of State site And I, I know Fulton is kind of famous for Or infamous It's a better pejorative <laughs> for their, their problems And Fulton, I mean that has over a million voters So I, I would say probably don't put Fulton In the first um, test phase I don't know. My, that
6: would be my <laughs> gut as well.
1: <laughs> so would you? Would you look at like uh, like a f- county like Forsyth, for instance, which, I, from what I can tell, does votes very well. Is big enough that you'd be able to get a decent sample size from it. Like counties like Forsyth and Cherokee, which probably mid-sized, maybe even bigger than you know. Obviously the they're on go, the
6: higher end. about mid size I was about to say the they probably are. Yeah. They're if you're in counties. if you're in the
1: metro the 13 county metro area, you probably tend to uh, skew a little bit bigger. But is that right. a kind of county size that you would look at, or would you really just look and say, okay, Augusta, the folks out in Evans are doing a great job, uh, Columbia County, we're going to start there, and would you stagger it around? Because I and and it would all be part of the same election. So one election, some counties would be using the new machines and reporting those results, and then the other counties would be using the old machines. Is that how you would envision it?
6: That's right, and and I don't, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know exactly how we would break it down. Okay, uh, but that first year, we really would want the, the all stars
1: mm-hmm. in terms
6: of how they run their elections, so that we've got you know the best opportunity for success.
1: And that way you can learn, okay, they, this was the the problem area that they faced so we can adopt some best practices and go into uh, f- tweaking it for the next year. And then the final year, which is the counties that have struggled, uh, to put it nicely, would uh, would finally have their time to shine, right? <laughs>
6: That's right. That's right.
1: We For uh, business licensing, let's talk about that for a second. That always comes up under the auspice of the uh, Secretary of State role. A lot of licensing now, a lot of... Uh, c- industries like to protect the um, their their own workers once once you go through a licensing process you end up liking it because it cuts down competition a lot of people say that we actually have too many professions licensed here in Georgia what part of that responsibility um, makes you want to change things tweak things or uh, just uh, maybe put a new spin on them
6: yeah well the Secretary of State it does it oversees 41 licensing boards. Uh, everything from nursing uh, on down to the, the, the less life-threatening. <laughs> and uh, it's important to know, that because uh, I think a lot of times people think, well, Secretary of State just can make policy as to those licensing boards, and mm-hmm. they can't. Uh, the licensing boards are created by the state legislature, and then the, uh, the members of that licensing board are appointed by the governor. And to the extent that those boards can affect policy within those licenses, it's up to those appointees. So the okay. Secretary of State's role is really to make sure that those boards have everything they need to be successful, whether it's training, uh, whether it's uh, uh, following up through complaint and resolution. And, and that's where, again, I think we've got a hat-in-hand situation where you've got, you know, you, you, I'm sure everyone knows that certain boards have threatened, and some boards in the past have, left the Secretary of State's office. <laughs> And it's part of it is because there's there's really not a lot of resources to actually, even though, for instance, the nursing board brings in $4 million a year, all that money goes into the uh, General Assembly's general fund, uh, and then some of that money comes back. Mm-hmm. But things like just uh, uh, the nurse education uh, coordinator, that role, uh, the, the money allotted for that position is 75000 but the qualifications for that job uh, – you know, if that same person went out into the free market, they're going to earn more than seventy-five. So that job is hard to fill, and therefore it's hard to perform those duties.
1: Right. What's the uh, What's the budget for? So let me interject. What, so the annual budget for Secretary of State. What What is that currently, approximately?
6: Uh, I believe it. And I, I, to be honest with you, I, I got a lot of numbers between the city and Secretary <laughs> of State running through my head. I think it's in the ninety million range. Okay.
1: And it's got about 400 employees or so, something like that?
6: No, there's like 260-something employees.
1: Okay.
6: So So if I'm successful, I'll have a smaller budget, less employees, a longer drive, and lower pay.
1: (laughs) Or you could take Marta. (laughs) <laughs> the North Springs MARTA is calling your name, Mayor.
6: It's still going to be longer than three
1: miles. <laughs> well, that's true. You're, you're going to have difficulty beating that. So, yeah, so back to the licensing. So we so that money goes to the general fund. So basically the, the state legislator can spend that however they want. They're going to give a little bit to Secretary of State office, but they're also going to give a little bit of it to whatever other pet projects they deem necessary.
4: And
6: that's where I think the Secretary of State is going to come in and be a couple things. A, I think they should have an opinion as to, you know, policy in terms of the licensing and uh, the licensing board. But in order to get anything changed, they're going to have to be an advocate. They're going to have to lead other leaders. But I also think they need to be an advocate for those professions that are under its tent. And so not to say they need to take every position that that, uh, that, the, uh, uh, the licensing, that particular licensing board has, uh, but where they can, they really need to kind of be, you know, join forces and really help them and help that profession because, uh, they are, they are under that umbrella and mm-hmm. I think that, I think that means something.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap up here. So finally, uh, David, you know I've been active in some campaigns, and I have, I guess, noticed what I would call irregularities. For instance, you know, campaigning in in House District 81 uh, came across 50 or 60 voters that showed up on our voter list, and they were registered at extended stay hotels and uh, basically office parks. And um, I'm kind of thinking they don't live there anymore. So what uh, what can we do to clean up the voter rolls? And I am not saying we need to disenfranchise anybody. What I'm saying is... We need to make sure our voter rolls are clean as possible to, because the power that uh, the individual voter has to raise taxes on, some, on their fellow neighbors is so strong in this country that uh, we really need to maintain the integrity. What, um, you know, is there any way we can audit the, the rolls for some of these irregularities that I am sure would show up with a, a simple database search?
6: Yeah, and the, uh, the, an audit is a good idea. But also, the, the list maintenance feature, you know, that, that the Secretary of State is charged with, it's got to be done consistently um, and, and with predictability. Uh, there has been, and I know there's always good reasons, but the, that the list maintenance has been somewhat sporadic as to when uh, it, it's done, and mm-hmm. sometimes because of those sporadic times and, you know, an upcoming election or, or whatnot, because it's not predictable, uh, oftentimes, that's what sparks the litigation on the other yeah. side of the coin, yeah. saying that hey, you know, you're disenfranchising folks, and it, it is a, a delicate balance uh, to walk. You know, uh, the current secretary was recently you know, in their list maintenance plan. You know, had to put half of the ones they took off back on uh, due to a lawsuit and due to, to not working within a predictable schedule. So, gotcha. and, it, and it's difficult, but. I think that, uh, you know, we've got to do that if we're going to preserve the integrity of our election
1: I agree. So basically just say, look, we're going to do this twice every four years. It's going to be on this schedule, so get ready because it's coming. So, uh, David, I appreciate you calling in today. Enjoyed uh, both of our segments. Tell the folks where they can find you online, and uh, we look forward to hearing more from you in the future.
6: Absolutely. We're at uh, DavidBelleIsle.com. Of course, we're also on Facebook and Twitter. And everything we're trying to do really just boils down to defending the vote and empowering the individual.
1: Great. Well, we appreciate it, and we appreciate you guys for listening. Check out David Bell Isle at uh, an event in your area very soon. And we'll see you on the other side of the break. You are listening to Greg's List.
2: Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national... Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net.
6: Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like.
4: Do you have problems with sinus pain and pressure? Do other people smell things that you don't? Have you lost the joy in eating because food just doesn't taste like it used to? Is your nose always stuffy no matter what you do? Maybe you have sinus or nasal polyps. These are generally benign growths that occur from chronic sinus infection or allergies that are either undertreated or have not been treated at all. At Peachtree ENT Center, we specialize in minimally invasive balloon dilation sinus surgery and correction of a deviated nasal septum and turbinate reduction surgery that can be done in the office. We use a state-of-the-art equipment so that you can see the problem. You will be a partner in your care, and together we will decide the course of treatment. We believe in old-fashioned medicine, where we take the time to fix the problem, not just medicate the symptoms. You can rest assured that all options will be offered before surgery is recommended, because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts.
6: Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on America's webradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like.
5: This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: And welcome back to Greg's List Live, the home of serious journalism, only on America's WebRadio.com. We finished up a couple segments there with Alfreda Mayor David Bell. Isle, talking about the Georgia Secretary of State role, which I think was a good segue to make sure to remind folks, get out and vote today, folks. You've already heard my uh, suggestions as far as uh, who to vote for in the mayoral race in city of Atlanta and uh, Johns Creek City Council. Um you know, for, and if you're in Warner Robins, vote for Eric Langston, City Council. I don't want to leave my friend in the middle of the state out. Eric has been working very hard, made it to the uh, runoff, and that is today. It's amazing, David, how much work these candidates put in. And then when they count the number of votes tonight, it'll be a couple thousand. I mean, in the city of Atlanta and Fulton County, there'll be, you know, tens of thousands. But, uh, you know, for somebody like Warner Robins City, that's probably 1,500 votes. I mean, you know, so you, you, get a blowout if you win by a landslide if you get a thousand votes. Uh, Johns Creek has 82,000 people. I mean, there's probably going to be 3,000 votes in that thing. I mean, you're, you think they're just that dedicated, the 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 the, the, vo- candidate. the voters or no, the candidate. of The cand yeah, I, well, I mean, I think the candidates are. They knew what they signed up for. They can't control how many people go vote. And I will say that when you get a voter history, the database, you know who the the we call them hard Republicans, hard Democrats, soft whatever. It you look and you see how many elections they voted in the past four, and so you can see if somebody votes. All the time, if they vote in Republican primary and every other election, those are the houses that you want to hit. And fortunately, from a candidate standpoint, you can identify those folks, so you're not just knocking on somebody's door that doesn't ever vote. So it's not a complete waste of time. But you know, you see in runoffs, particularly, uh, especially for you know a Roswell or a Johns Creek, the drop off from the general to the the runoff is is significant. I mean, it can be. 50% less votes. Um, even like for Lane Flynn's race uh, last year, the he had I believe we had 1,407 total votes in the Republican primary. This was with three candidates on the ballot, and then the runoff I believe was like eight or 900 or something like that. I may be off by a few few numbers there but i mean you're fighting for 900 people <laughs> it's just you know you just you don't know who's going to turn out to vote and um, that's we I, i've been a little bit disjointed from the uh the atlanta mayoral race i've seen some of the ads it certainly wasn't as bad as the handle and ossoff ad on slot um you know i've started i saw some but i think where i where I live was very close to the six district line, so I was probably with broadcasting. Now they can target exactly where you live with cable. They can get your uh, IP address, they can see where your address, and, and basically tell the cable company, "Hey, we want to buy, uh, we want to do an ad campaign, and we want these areas specifically." The when when you get inundated with everything is when somebody does a big network buy, and they just have to buy for city of Atlanta, and it goes everywhere. And I think that's what they did in the handle and all race. You didn't see that I didn't see it n- as much with the mayoral race. I mean, I don't know if you saw any Did you, see, do, you do you remember and you've been out of the country? Yeah. I'm so, crazy. have you <laughs> I mean, you you basically took the month of November off from the Something United like that, States of yeah. America. So, what was it like spending Thanksgiving overseas?
2: Well, they really uh, Yeah, you know what they call it in uh, The ones
1: the, the ones that got away. Uh, what do they call it there? Thursday. Thursday. Yeah.
2: Um <laughs> No, the, the Savoy, and we were in London uh, for Thanksgiving, and we had thought about the Savoy, which is a very nice hotel. Okay, like um, three
1: hundred dollars a night. Nice, sir. Uh, Two hundred? About seven hundred. Seven hundred? My God!
2: Yeah. Well, um, somebody anyway, won the lottery. Um, <laughs> they they had a Thanksgiving dinner, and uh, but we had, we had so many things. My wife uh, and my son. I think are are sleeper <laughs> travel agents or something. You know? <laughs> we never stopped. Uh, I think we outran the plane, but so Thanksgiving Day was just another day for them, and we were there playing tourists. <laughs> Did you get some fish and chips? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah we
1: because <laughs> turkey's a pretty big meal over there, though. Even on it's, you could just say, "Hey, today's Turkey Thursday." I know it's a big day for us overseas.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, when people would find out or know that we were Americans, they, they'd a lot of them would say. You're missing your big thing. Yeah, so
1: they're aware of it. Yeah, oh, yeah, they they had Black Friday. It was funny in Ecuador. The malls they had big Black Friday signs yeah. up, and I I asked you know my wife and her family I said, "How long has this been going on?" Because this this is new. I mean, yeah. even in the past nine or ten years since I've been going down there, first I it, granted it is the first time I'd been there in I'd been there one previous time in November, but. Um, yeah, I was like, "This is new," and even the the folks on uh, on our family chat were talking about Black Friday this time. So they they told me that in Ecuador, Black Friday the week before they the stores double the prices on everything, and then on Black Friday they claim fifty percent off. So they said it's not really a sale, Greg. That's just a gimmick. I said, you know, in in United States. We actually do have big sales. I don't do the the doorbuster stuff. I mean, I think you can basically buy everything online for just as cheap. And I don't want to get stampeded or trampled on. I mean, have you seen like what happens when they open up the the Walmart in like inner city Chicago? It's like it's crazy and they they've even said that it's racist for the media to show. And and it's the same thing in in, in lower Alabama. In LA if you open it up it's just you know maybe think, maybe it? a different sheen on on the people but they this country is desperate for a bargain. I mean they are uh, I I don't want to say the wrong word here, but I will say that they're uh, they're a little bit crazy when these uh, stores open up at six a.m. A
2: little bit. Well, I tell you, one of the things that my wife wanted to do because I don't know how many times we'll make it back to London <laughs> but, was to go to Harrods. Okay. Everybody's got to go to Harrods, you know. And what we found out was everybody was in Harrods. <laughs> Holy cow! I mean, they uh, it was wall to wall body and. Uh, I didn't realize um, they have quite a uh, quite an extensive food bar there. They have uh, So while she shopped, you ate? Well, you couldn't I, I saw pubs that I could get to the bar easier. Okay. You know, I oh. mean it was jammed and I, I I literally told my son and his wife and and my wife, you know, that hey, we Let's not get around. We got to stick together, or we're gonna. If we somebody's
1: gonna gonna be taking a cab by themselves later. (laughs) Uh, I mean, it was maybe uh, become an organ donor, an involuntary organ donor. It was. It was incredible. Yeah, Yeah, I've been to. I've been in England for Christmas, and they, uh, the Brits, do love their Christmas. They have Christmas pudding, which is uh, what we call. um, What's it? You know the uh, the cakes that you get that last forever. I can't think of the name right now. But um It'll come to you. Yes, that's right. It'll come to me soon. But uh, so Christmas pudding is a big deal in um, a, it's a it's a fig cake.
2: Oh, that, that the other the other thing is, are you talking about a fruit cake?
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, What'd you call me? Fruit cake.
2: <laughs> um, the other thing that, that big is you go in and everything's pie, you know?
1: Right. Shepherds. Pie. Right. I mean, but you it's know. not really pie. It's it doesn't have sweet stuff on the inside. No. It's it's like a chicken pot pie yes. but with with horrible ingredients. Yes. <laughs> And and fish and chips everywhere. The pubs, if you uh, have a two or three beers there, you're going to get quite the buzz because they have a much higher gravity beer over there, which um, we, I'm sure is still I, the case. I know you're going to find this you Were you, were you drinking your bottles and James over there? Do what? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Your wine coolers. <laughs> oh.
2: Well, you probably find this hard to believe, but, uh, you know, we, we don't drink uh, much. Mm-hmm. I don't think we got. I don't think we passed the pub that we didn't have to go in and see what it looked like. And if you go in to see what it looks like, you
1: got to buy. You a got beer. to sample the local elixir, right? That's it. And uh, we did a whole lot of sampling. Yeah, it's almost like having. You know, we have so many of these brew pubs that have uh, sprouted up here in Georgia, thanks to the craft beer legislation. That if you go on one of those tours. You can get six or seven samples and have a nice little buzz, especially if you get the high gravity ones. Now, I'm not advocating you do this if you're under the age of 21 or if you're getting behind the driver's seat of a car. But if not, I say have at it. <laughs> Gate Gate City Brewing, I believe, is the most recent tasting I've been to, and I will tell you the the craft the the brewmeisters they may not admit it, but not all of their creations are winners. And go ahead and tell them that, folks. They, they may be a little bit upset that, you know, you're giving them a critique of, of their creation. But definitely tell them, because that means they can go back to the drawing board and, and put out something a little bit better. Now, if the fact that you don't have a very sophisticated palette is the problem, then that's on you. But if you are a connoisseur like I am, feel free to tell them that, hey, oatmeal number seven, Ain't cutting it, Jack. Missed the boat. <laughs> yeah, missed the boat. <laughs> the on sad that.
2: news was probably one of the um, best-looking ladies I think I've ever seen. I mean, she was star.
1: Besides, up. Leanne.
2: Besides, who?
1: Your wife? Oh, my wife. Yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes.
2: Um, but you've got a lady, picture of
1: her in your wallet. Check it out.
2: This this lady uh, was at the market that adjoin uh, the Eiffel Tower.
1: Okay. Last so day. she she was in Australia. Uh,
2: no, yeah, right. Uh, so anyway, she was a. they she had a booth and they were selling the blue wine, the heated okay. up
1: wine. Yeah. Oh wow. That's um uh,
2: good. I could use some for you, my coffee.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, that's a secret right there. But uh and she she was I got I I
2: have pictures of her, I must admit. Uh extremely attractive lady. And um as long as, you didn't, a, as
1: long as you didn't Al Franken her, I think it's okay. Well, she was
2: she was good looking on the first glass, and she
3: was <laughs> better looking on the
2: you know. But anyway, um, the guy that had the marketplace there at the bottom of the Eiffel Tower lost his lease, so they had no market. Uh, oh wow, uh, place for Christmas, huh. which was sad. That is sad, you know. But their God knows, Europe has. I mean, are you and your wife into those market stuff?
1: A little bit, but not not. I am by no means an expert or qualified to render an opinion. Well, we we went.
2: You know, there's a market everywhere. There's a market everywhere in London, and uh, we took a few of those in.
1: We're going to have to get out of here. I know. We've come to the end of the show. I wanted to thank uh, Alpharetta Mayor David Bell Isle for calling in. And thank you for listening. And more importantly, you still have five hours to vote. They gave you an extra hour today, folks. You can go, and it has nothing to do with daylight savings time. So get out and vote. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. We've got a couple of awesome shows coming up, and I can't wait to tease them on social media and other avenues. See you next time on Greg's List.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.